0: Convicted and Convinced. A message from God's Word for you. And now, here's Dr. Lloyd Willis with today's lesson.
1: Good morning, Sabbath School. Let's pray. Dear Lord, please bless our study of your Word as we see its importance and apply it in our lives. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So, sola scriptura. Latin term meaning by scripture alone. And uh, it's one of the five solas that emerged from the uh, Protestant Reformation. Sola fide, by faith alone. Sola scriptura, by scripture alone. Solus Christus, through Christ alone. Sola gratia, by grace alone. Soli dio gloria, glory to God alone. Good solid statements that go back to the Reformation leaders. So in our study, if we put Sola Scripture, does this mean that we ignore everything else and don't read anything but the Bible? No, it doesn't mean that. As we saw last week, there is culture, there's tradition, there's reasoning, and there's experience that all have input into our lives and our thinking. But the Scripture dominates them and overrides. Scripture alone is the final authority when matters of faith and doctrine are at issue. And so that's where we're focused this week. We talked last week briefly about the Sabbath conferences from 1848. There were six in 1848, six in 1849, and 10 in 1850. And the Whites attended most of these, James and and White. And their purpose was to find out what does the bible really teach what can we say is biblical and therefore be sure of and uh, as they researched this ellen white herself was uh, in an interesting experience describing it in her own words she says during this whole time i could not understand the reasoning of the brethren my mind was locked as it were and i could not comprehend the meaning of the scriptures we were studying This was one of the greatest sorrows of my life. I was in this condition of mind until all the principal points of our faith were made clear to our minds in harmony with the Word of God. So where did Adventists get their doctrines from? They emerged from diligent study of the Scripture in groups as they studied and compared and discussed back and forth. In 1 Corinthians 4 and verse 6, Paul uh, speaking to the Corinthians, says, do not go beyond what is written. And he stresses that. That's probably a proverb known by the Jewish rabbis, uh, don't go what is written, meaning don't go beyond what is written in Scripture. And that doesn't mean that they could not think of other things and have input from other things. And the same thing is true for us. What is written is the authority. That's the basic. But uh, there are such things as biblical archaeology and history and and science. Many things like this can uh, enlighten our minds on some of the details of Scripture. That goes back to step eight in the steps of exegesis that I mentioned last week. The first seven are establishing what the text meant from my own study and using various tools. Step eight is Now I look around and find enrichment and comparison by reading from Ellen White, from history books, or whatever it might be that gives us some further insights into the meaning of the text. Then, step nine is the homiletic one, applying this to our lives today. If that's what it meant, what does it mean for us today? And uh, Martin Luther said, Scripture alone is the true Lord and Master of all writings and doctrine on earth. So he was pretty clear on that. And of course, uh, he wrote about the Bereans. Well, Luke wrote about it, recorded it in uh, Acts chapter 17, verses 10 and 11, how that uh, the Bereans were, uh, uh, let's read it, Acts 17, 10 and 11, Acts 17, 10. As soon as it was night, the brothers sent Paul and Silas away to Berea. It's not too many miles away, to the west of Thessalonica. On arriving there, they went to the Jewish synagogue. Now the Bereans were of more noble character than the Thessalonians, for they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. That's the way to test any statement. Any any beliefs. What does the scripture say about the subject? Uh, So don't go beyond what is written as far as the basics, but then enrich that with various other sources. Uh, Bill Johnson, when he was studying at uh, Vanderbilt University, he told me how that he, uh, on many occasions, the, the, the group discussing issues would go off to all sorts of commentaries and variations of ideas and so on. But he would say, but what does the text say? Going back to the text, and that's what we need to do. That's the basis. That's where we should begin, and that should be our basic control. What does the text say? We also notice in the quarterly about the unity of Scripture, and that is amazing that we have these Scriptures written over a period of about 1500 years by more than 40 writers, and yet it unified with the basic truths emerging and and not contradicting one another. Uh, These days we we are sure of what happens with a textbook. It goes out of date pretty quickly and that can be very expensive, just in one or two years. Uh, But uh, here we have scripture with all these writers basically affirming the, the, the trustworthiness of the message of each other as they contribute and uh, as they uh, preserve the word that came to the different writers. How firmly, hold firmly to the trustworthy message and uh, of sound doctrine is what Paul wrote to Titus, and he was referring to Titus and the other leaders of the church. Hold firmly to the trustworthy message. The sound doctrine, that is what emerges from scripture. Jesus and the biblical writers assume the unity of scripture which is based on its divine origin. We can see this in their common practice of quoting several Old Testament books as of equal and harmonious weight. Paul makes use of scriptural citations from Ecclesiastes and Psalms and Isaiah and so forth. The Old Testament is unfolded in the New Testament and the New Testament builds upon the Old Testament. As such, the two Testaments have a reciprocal relationship in which they shed light upon each other. The unity of Scripture implies that all of Scripture should be taken into consideration. Sola Scriptura. All of it contributes different aspects on each topic. Remember that we mentioned there is a difference between systematic theology where you gather up ideas from all over the place to support a particular teaching or an idea, and it's legitimate to do that, providing you don't ignore the context of the statements. On the other hand, if you take biblical theology, you find what any particular book teaches, and then you compare that with what another book teaches, and analyzing them book by book. That's biblical theology, and in some ways it's safer. If you take a statement out of context, you can prove almost anything. The Bible says, Judas went out and hanged himself. Another place it says, go thou and do likewise. So you can prove anything if you take statements out of context and just put them together. Another interesting aspect of the lesson today is the fact that Scripture is clear. The fact that Jesus quotes Scripture all the time as... answer to situations. He knew the scriptures so well and took them literally and implied that they can be easily understood if you will just read them and be familiar with them. On so many occasions you have in the quarterly uh, how uh, Jesus said, have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry? And so many other statements like this. Take it literally, it's pretty clear and read the clear passages especially, and then go to the more difficult ones after that. Um, it's noted in the quarterly also that the early church had a, a variant method of interpreting Scripture that uh, was especially prominent in Egypt, and uh, I think it was Origin there in, in Egypt, or was it Philo? Anyway, the, their view was on the allegorical nature of scripture and what they would do, they would would read all sorts of mysterious things into the text that was not there in the mind of the original writer. For example, any time that the Bible mentions wood or a tree, that must be a reference to the cross. That's allegorical interpretation and the church repudiated that. On the other hand, as especially borne out in the Reformation period, the alternate approach is the grammatical historical approach. That is, you let the Bible, you read it, study its grammar, see what it's really saying, and take that seriously. And historical, take it as a reliable account of what's going on. So the grammatical historical interpretation is where you let the Bible speak for itself. That's what we were just saying about biblical theology. Find out what the writer is intending. In his particular circumstances. And uh, if you do that, you're on safe ground. Uh, Martin Luther, when he was uh, brought before the Diet at Worms, he said, I cannot recant, because in my writings there are many quotations of scripture. It's biblical material. If I recant the scripture, that's heresy. And so he absolutely refused to do it. Now, In fact, of course, Scripture does interpret Scripture. And uh, Jesus gave us an excellent example of this when he was walking on the road to Emmaus that we mentioned the other day. This is in Luke chapter 24. And uh, as he was walking with them, their minds were opened to all the things that they'd missed. In Luke 24 verse uh, uh, 27, for example, it says, and beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. And uh, if you look in the margin there, you'll see what various Bible translators or publishers have suggested are some of the passages that uh, Jesus probably quoted as he was talking to the disciples there. And then when it comes down to verse 44, same chapter, Luke 24, why, uh, he said to them this is what i told you while i was still with you everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of moses the prophets and the psalms so he opened their minds so that they could understand the scriptures that's the bible interpreting itself and jesus showed us how to do that now some have asked well what does this do to Ellen White? What is her relationship to Scripture? And in fact, she is very clear on this, that her writings, even though she was inspired by God, the Spirit of God came upon her and gave her many messages, much guidance, yet, as it says in the quarterly, even a cursory reading of Ellen White, her writings, shows clearly that for her, the Bible was foundational, and central in all her thought and theology. In fact, she repeatedly affirmed that the Bible is the highest authority and ultimate norm and standard for all doctrines, faith, and practice. In Ellen White's own view, her writings, when compared with Scripture, were what? A lesser light, leading men and women to the greater light. Her purpose was to uplift Scripture. And uh, as she says... These uh, are written to help you to appreciate and understand scripture, but not to stand beside scripture, to to supplant scripture, to become a new scripture. The uh, Holy Spirit guided her just as as he guided the Bible prophets. So the process was similar, but the purpose was different. And in her case, it was to point to scripture and to help us to find the things that were so easily overlooked and forgotten. So uh, how does uh, solar scripture relate to the 28 fundamentals? The 28 fundamentals, 27 or 28 as it is today, uh, are based upon scripture, but they, they are descriptive. The Adventist Church is describing these are the things that have emerged as we have been studying over the years. So it's based on Scripture, but uh, the Bible doesn't give every detail. For example, um, the Bible doesn't tell us that spinach is good for us and tobacco is bad. But it does give us principles for, for uh, upholding the body as the temple of God, which we should therefore treat carefully and enable our bodies to to be healthy to the glory of God. How should we read scripture then uh, from a a central position? And uh, I have here some suggestions that are similar to the nine steps that I gave you in exegesis, but this is maybe better from a point of view of an individual who who is not a professional Bible student, but wants to productively read the scripture. Here are the suggestions that uh, John Pauline has made, keeping the Bible as central in in your thinking. First of all, never open the Bible before prayer and with self-distrust. Pray because we need the guidance of the Holy Spirit, who after all is the one who inspired the Scriptures. But also with self-distrust. I want to learn. I don't know everything. And so I come ask for guidance and ask that the Lord will help me to find out, to learn things, to find out what is written there for me. Secondly, and this is a bit like the one in the other list, if possible, read in the original. And most of us can't do that, reading the Greek and the Hebrew and the Aramaic, but uh, there's an alternative. If you can't read the original, use a variety of trans, variety of translations. Take five different good translations. Not paraphrases, because there's much more likely to be personal bias there, because it's the work of one individual, whereas the others are done by committees. So take five good translations and read them on a certain verse. If they all agree and say pretty much the same thing, then you're on the right track. You, It's pretty clear that this is a clear text. On the other hand, if... Four of them agreed, another one is different. Ah, That may be some bias that's coming in in that one. So treat that a little carefully uh, and thoughtfully. So uh, if it's a clear text, that's wonderful. Go ahead and enjoy it and, and study it. A third point, mostly we should read in the clear passages. The clear passages, the ones where it's pretty obvious what it means. There are some others that are difficult. But leave that for the time being. Mostly read the clear passages. Um, Some may be ambiguous, but if it's clear, soak yourself in Scripture. Read these passages again and again. Number four, read much more than studying. What that means is get to know the Scriptures. Read them. Uh, Soak yourself in the words of Scripture. And... uh, The alternative to that would be going to the concordance and looking up all these different words. That can be confusing and can take things out of context. So let it it speak to you as a whole. Read more than studying. Yes, concordance is a valuable tool and use it when you need it, but soak yourself in the scriptures. The sequence of chapters may be meaningful. So read the book, read the chapters and see what the writer is really saying. Number five, the last one, listen to the criticism of your peers, and not necessarily only 7th Day Adventists. What do they say that the text says? Because maybe you, in your bias, may have missed something. Read with others and uh, study and discuss with them. That's good advice for productive, personal reading of the Scriptures. the the way that they can become so meaningful to us in our lives. This doesn't mean that there won't be places where it's difficult and you may have to study very carefully and go back over them and and find out, you know, uh, what could this be? But seek the guidance of the Lord in doing it. Read in good translations... Make sure you're reading the clear passages, especially, and read more than this in-depth study of difficult things and listen to what others are saying about it. If we do these things, Scripture is central for us and it will be uh, meaningful for all of the decisions we make and all of the beliefs that we have in our mind and what we can share. Lord, we thank you for being with us today in our study of your word. There's so much there that we can study, so much that's clear. Guide us as we we wrestle with the difficult passages, but feed us too from all of these spiritual things that you have written for us. In Jesus' name.
0: This podcast is a service of the University Parkway Seventh-day Adventist Church in Pensacola, Florida. Our weekly podcasts are recorded every Saturday morning. Bible study begins at 9:30. The sermon begins at 11. You are invited to join us. We live stream the 11 o'clock service. You can catch that broadcast at our website universitypkwy.org or at live stream. A library of previous messages is available on our YouTube channel and on our website. Thank you for listening.